Hello and welcome to another episode of the FPL Amateurs of Oz podcast. Decided to do something a little different tonight and do a bit of a live stream here and I've got Sam to jump on and join me. How are you, mate? All good, all good. How are you doing, man? Yeah, not too bad. Um, just good to get that game week over and done with. I mean, it was good because Man United beat Arsenal, but that's where it stopped for me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, same, man. I was honestly like, I think maybe that's why I haven't regretted it too much as well because I'm a Chelsea fan and they completely escaped by the skin of their teeth in that match. I have no idea how VAR just gave Edward Mendy that, that privilege of, you know, just, okay, <laughs> instead of goalkeeping, you can just do some, you know, lay there and then maybe we'll, we'll go overturn that goal. But but we needed it, man, especially after the Tottenham game. So I'm very happy. I'm a big fan of uh, VAR after this weekend. I'm not really, but, you know, it's good to have if for it to go to your favor. But, yeah, shocking decision. But... My game week was okay. Trippier, the only return who I, who I got in. So at least that's a positive. And Holland captaincy like everybody. But yeah, otherwise it's going well. Getting a bit stale. Looking at a wild card next week. So yeah, man. A little over you. Hello to everybody. No, very nice. Out. Yeah, no. Well, I definitely... Um, you had a sort of better week than me. But we might uh, get your team up now. And you can um, talk through, I guess, um, how it went for you. Yeah. Um, I think that should be up now. Yeah. Yeah, so not too bad of a week for you. I mean, I love the, the Gundogan shout. You know, probably a little bit unlucky there that didn't get um a big return. But, yeah, no, I thought that's a, a decent pickup, mate. Yeah, so I had him. I, I brought him in last week instead of Luis Diaz. Um, what was it? The Forest fixture, right? And I really wanted – I had a third – my third city spot free, and I really wanted Gundogan. And Diaz's ownership was getting so high that I, I didn't really appeal to me that much. And I don't think it's a big risk how Liverpool have been looking as well. So I went to Gundogan. In the end, you know, both of them blanked in both games, so it didn't really do anything. Um, yeah. It's um, It was disappointing to see James because I had big hopes when I saw that he was named uh, wingback, and I was sort of expecting a, a decent game from him. But, yeah. Yeah, just... I don't know. Some, yeah, sometimes I, I I don't know what Tuchel thinks. Like our what we the whole game we were doing was playing down that side most of it and having him cross. But then the two strikers were playing are Raheem Sterling five foot seven and Christian Pulisic five foot nine. Like you know, I just don't understand what the point of doing that was. But yeah, happy 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 just happy to get the to get the the victory against West Ham. I, I don't think we deserve much more. So even the clean sheets, like I don't think we're keeping clean sheets as long as Mendy's in goal or if, if he keeps up the form that he, that he has right now. No, so. definitely. I thought he's looked a lot better, especially with Kovacic there in the midfield. I thought he gave you a bit of a boost and I thought he's looked a lot better with Reese James playing wing back because I feel like it's nullified your attack because he's such a creator when he's playing that wing back yeah. position. Yeah, yeah, 100%, 100%. Uh, I'd like to welcome Matt Day to to the stream. He's got a question for you, mate. Uh, great to see the pod live. Thanks, mate. And uh, Asami, are you keeping Jesus this week? This week I am. This week I am. So I only have one free transfer, um, and I'm looking at wild carding in game week eight. And with him playing, I think Everton is it, right? So it just doesn't make sense for him, for me to sell him right now. I think the person I will get out is maybe either Cucurella or Gundogan and take a one-week one punt, a little fun yeah. punt there. But on game week eight wildcard, I'm definitely getting rid of him. Um, I'm selling him. I'm selling Salah. I'm selling Trent. So I think the only player from Liverpool or Arsenal I'll have in my game week eight wildcard is uh, 
Martinelli. Yeah, that's fair enough. I was sort of looking at the same thing because Martinelli's just looked really good. And I saw that um, Smith Rowe came on for um, Odegaard. So that kind of makes me feel like he might be more now this year compared to last year where, you know, he was benched one game and then starting the next game. 100%, man. He He looks so, like, critical to that team. Like if he was, I think if he was an eight million midfielder, we'd still have him. Um, so for me, it's just it makes a lot of sense, and he's not with with his price. I feel like you can bench him as well. You know, the games that that, yeah. that are coming up against Liverpool or City, that now you don't have to play him, especially on wild card. If people are going to get a, a few more, a bit more depth on their benches, um, I think it's completely fine. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, I might share my team as much as I don't really want to, but um. <laughs> I'll talk through what happened to me. So, yeah, it, it was a week of what might have been, um, especially with the captain Salah. I sort of I was tossing up between him and Harland and sort of thought that even though Everton have looked a little bit better lately, I still thought that, you know, there was opportunity there for Salah. And if it wasn't for Pickford, you know, putting in probably his best performance of his career, um, we might have ended up with some points yeah, for Salah, but save that day. Insane, <laughs> that day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did the live watch along, and yeah, it was very nervous. There was a lot of people in the comments saying, uh, I can see the sweat dripping from your head. So, yeah, <laughs> just, just uh, one of those nights for Salah where on another week, you know, he might have scored a few goals. But, you know, I thought Trippier, I got him back in this week for uh, Kukurea. Um, sort of the plan was always when their fixtures did open back up to getting back in, and you know, it was nice to get a return. and you know, that if it wasn't for a good goalkeeping performance from uh, Crystal Palace, he probably would have had a, a decent return as well because we had a couple of decent balls into the box there and, um, yeah, for some good saves. So could have been a lot bigger week. Uh, Sancho, you know, a bit disappointed. Um, you know, United looked really good against Arsenal, but he really wasn't involved much after the first 15 minutes. He kind of just took a back seat and then got subbed early. So it's a little bit disappointing and... Um, I like the Ezra shout, though, man. I really yeah, like no, the Ezra shout. Yeah. It was, um, I was talking to a mate about uh, Klopp. We used to thought, uh, think that uh, Pep was the biggest troll of FPL, but Klopp outdid him by taking off Trent before the 60 minute mark. So everyone did get was the that? clean what, sheet. <laughs> what the hell was that? What the hell was that? Liverpool, especially for the people that were double Liverpool defense, man, you know, like. <laughs> oh, fight, we're fight, Liverpool finally clean sheet. Okay, how many points did Trent and Robbo have? Oh, two combined. Like that's br- <laughs> that's brutal, man. Like, that's just absolutely. And you know, it's just like one minute, one minute. Those people have ten more points. It's it's crazy. Yeah, no, I got a bit of a laugh out of it. Sort of moments like that, all you can do is laugh and uh, shake exactly. your head. So. <laughs> exactly. And like, I feel like that's something I've kind of embraced more. I feel like when you first start playing FPL, you think. Maybe you have a lot more control on the game, and you're maybe you get mad at yourself for picks at times when they don't work out. But I feel like now I've reached the stage where okay, I like these guys; they're good players, they're fun picks. I'll have them in, and then when the games happen, you just kind of have to forget everything else. You know, you just <laughs> kind of have to let the football fad aspect of you take over. And, yeah, yeah, no, definitely, I agree. It's just um, the start of the season for me has been pretty bad. I think I've dropped back to about five million ranks. So. A couple of decisions uh, early on in the season, which on paper were good decisions, but just um, seeing one of those years where things just haven't worked out. But um, as you said before, we we started recording as it's only early in the season, so plenty of time left. So, yeah, 
that's the thing, man. Everybody's so close together. And I think you just have to be, you know, ahead on one bandwagon or one captaincy pick. Um, like Andy Martin, he was, I think, around a similar rank. And then he captained Trent against Bournemouth. And if you just need one of those picks to come off, and then you're right, right in the thick yeah. of it. So, yeah. No, 100%. So, if I'm looking at just one move this week, so I've moved Sancho on for Rashford. I was going to go Anthony, but I just want to mm-hmm. see what his minutes are going to be like because it. I think he only got about 55 minutes and then got taken off for Ronaldo on the weekend. So Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, bigger yeah. sample size, but I do have about, I think, 1.4 million sitting in the bank there, so I can easily go back up to um, Anthony from Rashford if I need to. But, yeah, Rashford just probably looked like the better option out of um, the three of them on the weekend. He just looked really good. So Yeah, I like that. I like that. And then the other thing, just looking at your team, that, that kind of pops in my head is, when are you uh, moving to the to the Serbian sensation Mitrovic? Looks well, like I'm actually going to do it a bit of that. <laughs> he's he's looking so good. Like um, there was a lot of talk around preseason that you know last time he was in the Premier just wasn't any good, and um, he just looks. I guess he's looking a lot better. I think they've got a better side this year when they've got promoted. So I think the opportunities there for him. But I'm looking the I'm liking the look of uh, Isaac from uh, Newcastle just with Wilson Same. out. Same. He just looks an absolute player. Mate, man. Mate, mate. He looks really good. Honestly, like I so I started the season with the whole five at the back approach, right? Because I thought there was a lot of good value and it was easy easy to predict. Um yeah. and the reason I want a wild card now is, you know, Champions League starts now, those players are gonna get rotated more. But there's also like Isaac and Mitrovic. Like I really want a front line <laughs> of Isaac, Mitrovic, and uh Holland. So that's a big thing for me on wildcard is getting those two guys in because they just look so good, so central. And you know what? I, with Tony as well, I feel like forwards are finally back. And that kind of takes it's, like people need to update their, their thinking around FPL where last year we didn't really have any forwards, but really good. Yeah, no, definitely. Instead of last season, we didn't, we, I guess we didn't really have the options. There was maybe like one or two strikers and yeah, then you can barely. kind of stack your defense and midfield. But this year, like even um uh, on our stream last week, I mentioned Solanke. I thought that, you know, that was going to be the week that he got off the mark and, you know, he looked really good as well. you got Mitrovic, you got Isaac, you've yeah, got yeah. Tony, you've got Jesus, you've got Harlan, you've got Kane. There's just – and even so Ronaldo, if he starts um, yeah. getting some more game time, like there's so many options at the moment, which yeah. which is good for FPL because it, it sort of breaks that template a little bit because you've kind of got to – decide um who you're going to go on because there's that many good options yeah exactly exactly no i think that's a big part of it and i think yeah and it's just a lot of people that just have their money tied up in big defenders it's just hard to get it out you know like and that's the one of the reason i'm wildcarding as well because the only spot i had to kind of rotate was like cucurella spots and how much upside are you really having switching from cucurella to like gabrielle and back and forth (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, so getting that money in the front line and, you know, going for Isaac when he has Bournemouth and Forrest in two of the three game weeks, like, yeah, yeah, well, I should be good. No, I definitely. hope the template breaks a bit now. I think, yeah, I'm hoping, hoping to for my sake, because it's oh. killing me at the moment, <laughs> but, um, we might just get into a quick question before we start at the games. So McAllister, the real deal. So it's funny last season um, we mentioned McAllister a few times. It was our favorite Argentinian in the Premier League. So yeah. <laughs> he's uh, he's looked amazing. The funny thing is I never knew he was an Argentinian. You know, I sort of thought maybe Irish, maybe Scottish with the the Mac Allister. Yeah, but yeah. Um, 
yeah, no, he's looked really good and he is on pens as well. And they probably should have had another pen on the weekend as well. So I see a, a decent amount of value there because I think he's only worth, what, five and a half mils, which, you know, is less than gross. like 5.9. So, but would you consider McAllister at all? Or do you think um, maybe just to wait and watch? No, personally, he's not for me, um, especially because he's playing that um, kind of deep lying role next to Casado, right? And last year we saw him playing in the in the front three at times. So he has the penalties and he has the free kicks, and those are great. But we've seen with players like Ward Prowse that you know you can't really predict when these things are going to happen. Um, yeah. Especially when you can pay a bit more to get Trossard, who I think looked amazing. I think it was their best player on the weekend um, against Leicester. And gross as well. He's getting so advanced and he's so kind of important to that team. Kind of was playing a right wing back role against Leicester um, with Trossard on the other on the other flank. And I think those they're just a lot more central to to what Brighton do. Um, yeah. So for me, it's just not the type of pick I would go for. I understand it, but for me, it's not. Yeah, it's not my cup of tea. No, definitely. We might get into the fixtures now, so I'll get it up on the screen. Yeah. So, yeah, first fixture we had was um, we spoke earlier about Everton and uh, um, Liverpool. So I thought this game, it was a weird one because Everton dominated small parts of this game and probably should have got a couple of goals. But then sort of I thought uh, Liverpool created probably the better chances. Um, And and another day, I think I spoke in our group chat um, yesterday quite passionately thinking that this game could have easily ended 5-2 to Liverpool and you know, Salah had some really good chances. I think he hit the post uh, in that last 10 minutes and then also had a shot blocked. That was uh, on target. And then, obviously, Diaz missed a couple of chances and Firmino missed a couple of chances. And I think there was a couple of post hits as well. So. Yeah, like back-to-back, right? I think Carvalho hit the post or Elliot. And right yeah. after that, Diaz hit the post. So it just bounced along the line. I, th- I think you were right in saying that. Like, it could be a 5-2. I think Pickford was man of the match for me um, by far. And Liverpool yeah, so looked good, but I think it was just a bit too much inexperience with Elliot and Carvalho, and they were they were good, but a bit too frantic. And while they made chances, like yeah, should have scored honestly. But I think see, it was bit, like one of the more entertaining nil nils I've seen in a while. So yeah, see that out. first half was a little bit um, got a little bit I guess stale because both sides weren't sort of. Um, I guess completing their passes. That second half was probably the best thirty minutes of uh, football I've seen in a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you think that there's any value in Everton assets at the moment outside, obviously, maybe a bench filler in uh, Patterson? I haven't looked at their at their fixtures, so I'm not completely sure. But I think at that price, if people have that kind of five point five option in their team, um, as a like I said, is one I really like, but. I think Gordon is a really good option too for for that price bracket. Somebody you know is just going to play ninety minutes basically each game is very special to that like integral to that team. And I think now that they have Mope and who's playing that striker role, he you know I, I think he's better on the wings and with a bit less attention and coming in um, from the flanks, I think helps him a bit more too. So I haven't yeah, looked definitely. at the fixtures, but I think he's a solid shout. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. 
Morpe sort of looked like a discounted um, Richarlison when I saw that haircut. I literally thought that yeah, was yeah. the second coming of Richarlison. <laughs> yeah, he's bringing the he's bringing the shit houseery, but none of the golds. <laughs> Mate, uh, one thing we did miss in this derby was a bit of um, Richarlison tomfoolery. So maybe some keepy ups on the sideline yeah, would have um, exactly put the the icing on up. the top. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, we might get into our next fixture, which was Brentford and Leeds. Um, Tony was just an absolute cheat code. I I didn't know that he was a, a good on free kicks, but that free kick he scored was absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't seen it yet, but I think that was the second, or I haven't seen the highlights of this match. But I think that's the second free kick he's taken. And I think the first one he scored as well. I'm not I'm not quite sure. Um, but he's crazy. Like, no, I have a Tony I love. Um this whole summer, I was really clamoring that Chelsea get that type of player over Aubameyang. Um, yeah. His hold-up play, his passing, you know, and he's just so clinical as well. Um, yeah. He's really good in the air for his heights. Like, he's just a class player. I think he's going to end up, like, a lot of these sides, Chelsea going to need a new striker. United probably need a new need a new striker in the summer as well. Um, so I can see him ending up at one of the top six sides. No, definitely. I sort of I thought he might have struggled uh, this season without Ericsson because he Same. kind of got a nice little uptick towards the end of the season when they signed Ericsson. But um, he just looks like this season his confidence is there and he's just sort of taking it into his own hands and sort of beating players and, you know, just being an absolute freak. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And I, I, I was also discouraged from him for the same thing. And I think they had two hard opening fixtures, right? Or it looked like it. One of them ended yeah. up being United, where he did, I think, got two assists. So, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, I thought it was going to be a hard game for Brentford yeah, as well, yeah. but yeah, fancy that. <laughs> um, might quickly touch on Leeds. I thought Leeds defensively looked horrible. That looked like the Leeds from last season in defense this week, really? mm. which you know they've they've looked actually a lot better this season in defense, which. You know, I thought at the start of the season they might be a bit better, but yeah, no, they just went back to uh, last season Leeds defense and just got torn open again and again, especially on the counter by Brentford. But you know, a, a bit of a bright spark for um, Leeds this week was Sinistera. Yeah. I, um, you know, he, I watched a lot of his um, highlights from last season, and I thought that you know he. It reminds me a lot of um, Rafinha. So he hasn't sort of had his full breakout game yet, but he has scored two weeks in a row now and, you know, been pretty decent goals as well. I think his goal this week where he, he sort of chipped it over the top of the defender, ran around yeah. and then just slotted it. So he definitely has that um, flair. Is there – are you interested in Sinistero or do you think that there's a lot of better option? Uh, a I, lot better I option am actually. I am. So like I told you, I was looking to take a one-week punt and who did they have Forrest at home this week, is it? Uh, yes. Yeah, exactly. So I was looking at him going from Gundogan to Sinistera for a week. Um, and I think, yeah, like uh, we've spoken about this in the past, but for me, when you get like a flair player who's also scoring goals, you know, a little South American magic, like it's very hard to resist. Um, <laughs> so I think I think he's a good shout. I think he's a good shout. Um, no, definitely. What do you think of Harrison? So Matt's said, is Harrison a hold for the game this week against not not in Forest, I think um, for me, Harrison's probably uh, shown the most upside to start the season. I know a lot of people were getting on Rod- Rodrigo and Aronson, but you know Harrison was probably doing a lot of work, but just wasn't getting the FPL returns. But I think Forest shown that they they're still going to concede goals. You know they're going to score goals, but I still think they'll um, concede a few goals this week. What are your thoughts, mate? 
yeah, no, I think Harrison is. I, I think Sinister is the sexier pick, but I think Harrison is probably the more sensible pick. Wait, it was Harrison, right, or was it Aronson? Uh Harrison. Harrison, yeah, no, his delivery is, has been insane. He's on most set pieces. I think he's a really, really, really good pick at his price. I definitely and Forrest looks so open. If Bournemouth are scoring three goals <laughs> against you, like I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not selling my attacking players play Forrest. <laughs> yeah, no. Nah. I mean, I was I was high on uh, Selenki, but I didn't think that um, Bournemouth would be banging in, you know, that yeah. many goals. So uh, when Philip Billing does that to you, like I'm starting all my attackers against that team, <laughs> <laughs> mate, hundred um, percent. Well, we might get on to our next fixture, which is Chelsea and West Ham. So I'll quickly touch on uh, the game, and then I'll let you sort of give you a rundown. Seeing you are a Chelsea supporter, mate. Um, I sort of thought Chelsea looked a lot better this game. I think that it was probably unlucky for um, West Ham that they didn't get a point because I think this is the third game in a row now where they've played really good but just haven't got uh, got the result that they wanted. And, you know, it's funny for me because my co-host Damo is a West Ham supporter, so every time they're, uh, they're losing and they're sitting towards the bottom of the table, it's a, it's a good day for me. So, you know, but I do feel bad that uh, West Ham sort of are looking good but just not getting the points. A um, couple of plays sort of I looked at. I thought Bowen looked really good. Um, he come close a couple of times. I think he had a nice little volley in that second half that come close to going in. But Paqueta was probably another player that didn't look too bad. But it yeah. probably, probably wasn't a game of a lot of um, highlights from players that make you want to sort of get them in. But definitely, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, a couple of plays there that sort of piqued my interest. But um, what were your thoughts on the game? Was there anyone that sort of stood out to you, mate? Yeah, the, quickly on, I'll just talk about the West Ham assets quickly. I think Paqueta, he looks like a very tidy player. Um, yeah. But he's only played against Tottenham and now against Chelsea. So it's yet to be seen if those translate into FPL points. Um, and Bowen, I agree with you. He looked dangerous. And he's a, he's a very strong consideration for my game week eight wildcard. Because I think then they have like four or five really good fixtures. So definitely keep yeah. a close, close eye on him. Um, from a Chelsea perspective, um, I'll try to keep it about FPL, and I think Reese James <laughs> is probably the only assets you'd like to have from our team. Yeah, um, Pofana makes sense as well if you're you know looking for a cheap defender. Um, after the Liverpool game, we have great great fixtures until the World Cup. So if he's like your twelfth or twelfth player, first guy on the bench to sub in when you need when you know Perisic isn't going to play or somebody Kyle Walker gets rested, I think he's a good depth option to have. Um, yeah. Sterling looked good, and, and the reason we won the game actually is because we were suffering for create for creativity the whole game, or or our whole our whole game plan was get Cucurella and Reese James to cross it into the box with Pulisic and Raheem Sterling in there, and you know they're they're just not winning any headers and it's not going to work. Um, <laughs> so then what he did was he brought on he brought on Havertz and Broha as the strikers, and then yeah. actually played Sterling and Mount as like kind of attacking eights, attacking midfielders um, yeah. with Loftus-Cheek as a holding mid. And that really helped us with the creativity. Um, yeah. with Sterling and Mount getting on the ball. And when the other one was on the ball, um, if Sterling was on the ball, then Mount was helping going in the box so we could have three players in the box. And that yeah. really helped o- open it up. Um, I don't think Sterling's going to play in that role often, but I do think he's nailed. And I think he's a pretty decent asset, um, yeah. to be honest with you. It's hard with some people's team structures, but if people wildcarding, and especially those that go without Salah, I think they can pretty easily afford um, Kane and then De Bruyne and, th- and then Sterling in addition to that. So I think he's a yeah, decent, no, yeah, good shout. 
Now, I think Sterling's probably just taken a couple of weeks to get used to the side, but, you know, the last three weeks he's looked really good and I picked him up in my Champions League fantasy side as well. So yeah. I'm pretty confident, you know, that he's going to start sort of getting on a bit of a roll. And when Sterling does sort of get a couple of goals, he usually has a bit of a purple patch, you know, it can last maybe four to five weeks. So and, Yeah, and that's the thing. And the only reason they ended, or w- one of the reasons they ended, not the only reason, is also because his finishing is atrocious at times. But one of the reasons it ended is because Pep would just randomly bench him, all right? He would have four yeah. four games where he's scoring goals in each game, and then for the next two, he's just on the bench. And at Chelsea, that isn't going to happen. He's like our only creative player, basically, after Mount, and our only winger that's worth anything. Um, so I think he's nailed on in that team, and yeah, a bit pricey, but worth it, I think. What are your thoughts on Chilwell? Because he looked really good when he came off the bench. Do you reckon there's yeah, a world yeah. where they bench Kukurea and then put Chilwell on? Or do you think they're going to sort of maybe use Chilwell for the Champions League early on and then depending on how his fitness goes, then sort of integrating into yeah. more regular? Yeah. To be honest with you, I I don't think we're close to the period where we can consider Chilwell nailed. Um, so just speaking in FPL terms, I don't think you want a 5.8 million defender who is going to be in your team and you're not sure if he starts or not. And I don't, I think we're still like a month away from knowing if he's actually starting each game because you need to see at least two or three starts for, for, to be sure of that. Um, But for this weekend, I think, for example, the difference he made, um, I think he's earned himself a start and I'm pretty sure he will start this weekend. So if it's like a short-term punt, I can, I can definitely see it. Um, And he adds a lot to that Chelsea team as well. Like Cucurella is great in like the build-up stage and the transition stage. But when it comes to the final third and they're attacking instincts and the runs they make and their finishing ability, Chilwell is much better in that aspect of the game. So, Is there any chance that they can play like a Chilwell or a Reese James up further in sort of where Loftus-Cheek plays sort of that midfield role? Do you think there's a, a world where that happens and then they can, you know, play all three, Kukurea, Chilwell and James? Um, there is a world in where they can play all three, but I don't think it'll be in midfield. I think what I can see happening is... Um, Thiago Silva, he's not going to the Champions League game. Um, so I think he's promised a bit of rest because, he, you know, he's getting on and he's going to the World Cup. So I can see games where um, one of Thiago Silva, Thiago Silva or Koulibaly are playing the central centre-back role and then Cucurella yeah. plays left centre-back and then you have Chilwell and James on in the wing-back positions. No, definitely. We've got a question just relating to West Ham. So West Ham looked promising. Would you get a budget Sushek in your team circa FPL 2020 or maybe a Cornet on the cob? <laughs> Mate, I love that, Steve. Um, Cornet actually didn't look too bad. Uh, I don't know. There's probably better options at the moment, but um, probably maybe worth looking at to see um, – when their fixtures do turn, which is, I think, over the next couple of weeks, their fixtures come. Game with, so. Yeah, game week eight onwards, they have really good fixtures. Um, I'm guessing, you, uh, Steve, you don't have enough money to get up to Paqueta because he's the one I'd go for. Cornet doesn't yeah. look nailed, and Paqueta's playing in that number 10 role. Suchek, I, I can't do. Like For me, it's almost goes against every FPL tenant to have a defensive midfielder or like a center back in my team. So, you know, I'm just playing with wingers and fullbacks. And for me, that's just part of the fun of FPL, like the defensive midfielder. Yeah. It's, it's not for me. hundred <laughs> <laughs> um, percent. Well, we might get into our next fixture, which is Newcastle and Crystal Palace. This is very similar to the Everton and Liverpool game. It was a very entertaining nil or draw. And, 
you know, pretty much uh, the stars of the show were the two goalkeepers, especially Pope made some absolutely ridiculous saves. Um, I think I actually gave a rundown in that group chat about this as well <laughs> to prove a point. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, might start with Isaac. You know, I don't know how he didn't score that one-on-one. You know, threw on goal, had every all the time in the world, and um, yeah, just <laughs> hit it straight yeah. at the goalkeeper. Which I mean, the goalkeeper did close the space down, but probably would have liked to maybe see him chip him a little bit earlier when he came off yeah. his line. But I thought Trippy was probably unlucky not to finish with an assist at least because I think there's, I think he actually was uh, the assist for the goal that got disallowed, which you might touch on mm. that now. That um, still don't know how that goal wasn't allowed. <laughs> just <laughs> like when a player gets pushed by the defender, but then somehow comes out with getting penalized. I just, um, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. I sort of thought yeah. that, you know, Crystal Palace failing dug their own grave and they shouldn't have been pulled back. Yeah. out. Of, they should have just been forced yeah. to go one nil down. Yeah. I know if, if that isn't the case, then it's a penalty, right? Like it's either a goal or a penalty. So, yeah, yeah, makes sense to me. <laughs> I think TT was very upset. I could, um... yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> TT's, TT's been a bit, a bit, a bit upset the past couple of weeks after that Liverpool game and the Palace. So, yeah, He's been a bit upset. maybe I had a look at Newcastle's chances. So there's probably five chances that I would say on another week they probably do score. So, you know, similar to the Liverpool game, I, I still thought that um, Newcastle did enough to win this game. I thought, you know, there's some of those chances of you know, it's just ridiculous saves that stopped them from going in. I don't think it was, um, you know, bad decision-making. I think it was just one of those weeks similar to the Liverpool game where, you know, on another week they probably go in. So I thought Newcastle probably did enough to get the result, but I also thought that Crystal Palace had some decent chances as well. I sort of thought Eze, without sort of, you know, being involved a whole lot up top, I thought he still looked really good. Um, He is sort of, I guess he's, playing a little bit deeper at times where he's not getting to the box similar to like Zaha does. So, you know, I think obviously Zaha's the better option for Palace, but I s- sort of think Eze is still an all right shout because he does, you know, often drift into the box um, on those yeah. counter-attacks and, you know, plays the one-twos of Zaha. So I think he's still a decent shout at five and a half million. I think that, you know, it's a good price point that you're not going to be too disappointed if, um, you know, yeah. you don't get the points. But is there anyone that you sort of like the look of, mate, or someone that stood out? Um, so for Palace, for me, it, it, it has to be Zaha. Um, I, I get the, I, I completely like Eze as a pick as well, um, for his price, but I think on my wild card, I'm just not going to have that price point or I will have it, but it's just going to be a uh, Martinelli and on Newcastle, I'm, I'm probably tripling up, man. They're looking amazing. They look like a, you know, like definitely a top half of the table team and uh, their defense looks solid and Pope and Trippier, I think are amazing values of their price. And yeah. Isaac as well with, with the fixtures, I'm very happy taking a punt there. And, you know, like we said, if it doesn't work out, you always have options in Tony and Solanke, who I guess we're going to talk about next. Um, yeah. No. Yeah, no, definitely. I think uh, I'm kind of disappointed at the start of the season. I, I talked a friend into going to triple Newcastle and, you know, I'm kind of wishing I followed him because St. Max, uh, Trippier, like <laughs> yeah. two great options. And then I yeah. think Almiron's looked really good as well. What are your thoughts on Isaac if and when we get Callum Wilson back? Do you think he'll, he can play on, in one of the – because to me, I think I, – I do think he has the attributes to play on the, on the wing, on the right wing. Um, but I don't know how that will play out. Yeah, no, I think 
they could play him on the right wing. I'm kind of hoping that they sort of change the structure around a little bit and play Wilson and Isaac up front because I think them two together with, you know, St. Max, um, Bruno uh, Gamares, I think, you know, there's possibility for a lot of goals. And yeah. Wilson's very good at link-up play up top, especially um, I think last season, even when they put Wood on at the same time, they, they linked up really well. And I just think that the, the possibility of a lot of goals if them two are on the field at the same side, but... No. The Wilson injury, it's a, it's a funny one because they haven't said that it's a serious injury, but with yeah. his injury history, you wouldn't think that they'd yeah. be rushing him back now that they've got Isaac back in no, play. Exactly. exactly. And these, I mean, the types of injuries he gets, they, you know, they always linger. It's these hamstrings, it's a little strain, a pull, and he'll come back, he'll play a game or two, and then he'll be gone again. So, yeah. And I think that with St. Max also you know, having niggles as well. I think that they're going to want to play it pretty safe with them just because this could be the difference between them making, you know, Europa League this year and, you know, finishing, yeah. you know, mid-table. So, mm, I agree. Well, we might get on to the blockbuster game of the round, which was <laughs> Nottingham Forest and Bournemouth. Mate, um, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, I've never been so relieved as when uh, Boardman scored and wiped that Nico Williams clean sheet. <laughs> about Nico a... Williams, I was seeing on Twitter, man. I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was thinking like... the same thing. <laughs> he was my first sub, so I was yeah. kind of like, oh, of course he's going to you know, yeah. get like a 10-point haul. But um, yeah. it was a strange was... game because Nottingham Forest dominated early, and I sort of thought, geez, are, are we going to see like, you know, a 4-0 win to Knotts? But um. They just uh, shut the bed in that second yeah. half and Bournemouth, you know, got two quick goals and Billing's goal was absolutely disgusting. I think I'll put yeah. in the group yeah. chat. Like, <laughs> it was just amazing. Yeah. And, you know, pre-season I was uh, doing a bit of research on the promoted clubs and I sort of picked Billing as, you know, a decent enabler um, for when their fixtures did come good. And, you know, it was good to see that, you know, got off the mark and hopefully he does become an option because he kind of reminds me of like a Brownhill last season where I did a bench boost and I just had him as fodder on the bench and had to play yeah. him because it was a bench boost and he got, you know, the 17-point haul yeah. and I looked like a genius, but it was more yeah. just um, a situation. It was the circumstance pretty much. It wasn't really, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, a good pick. No, 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 that was all skill, man. You saw that coming. You saw that 17-pointer coming. Well, it's oh, funny if um you didn't listen to our pod last year, I constantly brought up Brown Hill when my I co-host remember, I remember, um, yeah. <laughs> was not a fan, but um you know Brown Hill got me uh, two steaks, which um when I meet up with my co-host, you know you're gonna have a nice steak dinner and free drinks, so you know like to thank Brown Hill for that. But um we might just get into a couple of plays. So the Gibbs White, I thought he looked really good at times. He was kind of playing like a second striker up top with yeah. uh, Selenki, so. You know, there was a lot of hype around when they bought him. They paid, you know, a decent amount of money for him. And I was interested to see whether Lingard was going to keep that number 10 role or whether it would push him out wide. So, you know, it looked like they played a lot deeper. Yeah. Yeah. So it sort of probably hampered Lingard a bit more than I thought it would. But um, I thought he looked really good. Got the assist off, I think it was a corner. So, you know, I think he's definitely for people that are on the wild card that are, you know, wanting to take a punt on, you know, a couple of these types of assets that, you know, a lot of people are going to own. I think definitely gives what I could see him with, you know, good fixtures being a player that, you know, could, you know, a couple of those isolated halls, like maybe a couple of 10-pointers or an eight-pointer, I think, 
Um, definitely could see that happening. I sort of thought he had to end up with three chances created as well. So the opportunity was there for more um, returns this week. But, you know, I think that between him, uh, Solanke are probably the two ones that I sort of took note of out of this game that looked really good. And, you know, Solanke, I think it might have been a couple of weeks ago, I was thinking, you know, around when their fixtures turn, I wouldn't mind a front three of Jesus, Solanke and Mitrovic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, but is there anyone that sort of took your eye of this game, mate? Um, for me, it was also Solanke. Um, I think it's 5.7. You have a striker at 5.7 who's going to play 90 minutes, has penalties, and they have really good fixtures. Like, you just can't go wrong there, you know? Like, if, if yeah, you just can't go wrong at that value. And with Forrest, yeah, I think it's interesting with Forrest. I'd, I don't mind the Gibbs white shot. I just looked at the fixtures, and they're amazing. So, in, the, in similar spirit, 5.5. That's like a depth guy. You need like at least one or two of these guys in your team, right? Whether it's Solanke or Gibbs White or Eze, whoever it may be. You need you need a couple of those in your squad. Um, yeah. And Forrest have amazing fixtures. And I don't like their defense at all. I just think, you know, in the Premier League, especially with so many new signings, it takes time for a team to gel and kind of play how it's meant to play or play it to its, to its peak. So I think that's going to take some time. But their attack looks good. And they have quality players. Um, you know, instead of Emmanuel Dennis, the legend, waiting on the bench. So... I think their attack for these fixtures, you can definitely take a cheap punt and see um, how it goes. And he, he looks good on corners, like you said. So, yeah, not a bad shout. No, definitely. Well, we might get into our next fixture, which is Spurs and Fulham. Um, I thought this was probably a game where I sort of actually like the look of Sun this week. You know, he hasn't looked great this season. Probably hasn't been involved um, in attack like he was, in you know, towards the end of last season. But, you know, he did come close a few times. I sort of thought... He's dropped a lot of money now. I'm kind of hoping that he keeps dropping. So then he's, you know, he's primed yeah, for the yeah. picking. But, um, you know, Son had four shots this game, had five chances created, uh, hit the woodwork, and then had 55 touches. So I think he's gradually finding his groove. And he's one of those players where when you start to see the signs that he's improving, you, you want to get on sort of maybe when he gets his first return because he can yeah. go on a bit of a run and, you know, at his – you know, he's not really owned by a lot of people. I think definitely no, not under 20%. At all. Not at all. Under 10%. I was, cause I was looking oh, for the 10, for the differential section we were talking about. And against yeah. Man City, you know, it's not probably a smart thing to buy, but he's the type of player that can score in those games. And once he does, we know the quality, right? Like it's a yeah. confidence thing. It's a foreign thing, whatever it might be. It's, you know, we don't necessarily know it. And the hard thing is to predict when it changes, right? Like, a player yeah. of his quality scores one goal against City and then he could score five in the next three matches because, you know, we just know that's that's the pedigree and class that we're, that we're talking about. So definitely want to keep a close eye on. Um, I'm glad I sold Perisic. I don't know if I'll be getting him back on wildcard. Um, yeah. It depends on how much depth I have on my bench. But And he's a really good – like, I think just how good Sessegnon did in that game kind of shows you why Perisic is, you know, like people value him so highly. Um, just that wing-back role in the Conte team is going to get a lot of chances. Um, no, definitely. Do you think that um, Conte is maybe going to target Perisic for this Champions League and get off to a good start there, and that way they can reassess and, you know, definitely if they do get some decent results early on in the Champions League, they can kind of focus then back on the Premier League a bit more? Or do you think, you know, he's going to play both? Honestly, I... I have no idea. I, I, I think from his, from what I remember at his time at Chelsea, he always seemed to prioritize the league. 
regardless yep. of how well we were doing in the European competition or in the league. So um, it'll be interesting to see. I think he'll definitely play against Man City. Um, we'll see after that. But if he's, you know, this is the first game he's missing after he's been fully fit, quote unquote. So playing three out of each four with, you know, how attacking he is, it's still not a bad shout. Um, but would I be confident to say, oh, he'll either play this or that? No, not at all. No, definitely. We might touch on um, Mitrovic from Fulham. I, I, no, there's a shop over here. Nothing needs to be it. said. He's just the king. <laughs> the <laughs> See, king, there's man. a shop over in Australia <laughs> here, mate, that's uh, called Audi. So it's um, a lot cheaper than the other grocery stores. And I feel like he's yeah. the Audi version of Harlan. Yeah, so not yeah. quite as expensive, but um, definitely at the moment just looks like he's just on another level. <laughs> no, exactly. And like the whole Fulham team is, you know, and that's what we were ta- talking about him earlier at, that he's such a quality player. You just have to design a system that fits him, you know, yeah. and the whole team is basically a funnel towards him. And he just gets so many shots each game. I think five, six shots each game, penalties, like amazing fixtures, 90 minutes, no European distractions. I yeah. think on wildcard and even without wildcard, like after this Chelsea game, I think he's an amazing buy. Yeah, definitely him and Holland are locked in my wildcard. And then I'm just yeah. playing around with that third spot. That might be Isaac, but yeah, Mitrovic for me is, one of the most, yeah, crazy, crazy assets I have from Game Week 8 onwards. Yeah, I think the signing of Polina and Andreas Pereira, I think, are two assets really that have really yeah. sort of helped him because he has the quality to score goals. You just never really... I mean, they had they signed that Jonas Siri last time in the Prem, hoping that, you know, he he could do what Polina oh, has done. Not, but Yeah, but he didn't even play it. Scott Parker barely played Mitrovic. I think he played like 13, 1400 minutes. Um, yeah, he didn't like uh, he didn't was, like winning, yeah. mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for a defensive it, coach, yeah. it didn't seem to work out. Um, his defense didn't really work out this time around. So, yeah, yeah, no, it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, um, and the other we, thing with Mitrovic is their like their second best player, Harry Wilson. I think when he gets, yeah, started, you know, they're going to even more chances created and. So, yeah. So, so, I had Wilson chalked in as a player to get um, after week 10. So, I'm just hoping that, you know, he, he's rehabbed well and he's come back because he last season was an absolute machine. It, so, yeah, both, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, we got a question here from Steve regarding uh, Richarlison. So, what was, uh, can we talk about Richarlison's yellow card after his disallowed goal? Owners must have gone from clean and dry to in the mud. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was just, I'd hate. I wouldn't say it's frustrating because it's what we expect of Richarlison. Like yeah, you exactly. never, you're never safe from um <laughs> from this type of situation. But I kind of felt bad for him because you know he's such a passionate player. He scored what he thought was a goal, ripped his shirt off to only then you know get it disallowed and then get the yellow card. And <laughs> you know I feel my opinion is the yellow card probably shouldn't have stand, uh, stood because the goal you know, it was cancelled, but, you know, I just, I had a bit of a chuckle because Richarlison just, you know, he's a quality footballer, but he also is just, you know, the best banter bloke, the best um, brain snap, like just, you know, has it all. Exactly. Yeah, I think if you're, if if people that are buying Richarlison, I don't think many own him, by the way, but those that do have him, I think they've willingly signed up for a few cheeky yellow cards here and there. I think, <laughs> I think they know that's part of the package. <laughs> Would you be looking at Richarlison at all as sort of a bit of a differential option? Because he does look good and, you know, he looked good in a, an Everton side, which was, you know, absolute pants last year. So, 
no, for me, he's still like a, like it's it's very similar to the Chilwell situation, where yeah. if it's a short term punt and you think you get time when they're gonna play, then fair enough, go for it. But unless they're an injury to like the players they're competing with in their in their respective positions, I just don't feel comfortable getting that player in, given their prices and given like their uncertainty in their minutes. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. You know, he does, he has looked good when he's come on. So I think, you know, there's a chance that he might get some more consistent starts with the Champions League. But, you know, Kulichess is probably the better option at the moment for, you know, point returns. And we might get on to our next picture, which is Wolves and Southampton. Um, This was a game that (laughs) it wasn't an entertaining game like, um, you know, I don't even have that. Or... <laughs> I don't, I don't even know, know was... what the score was. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember. <laughs> I think it was one nil to uh, one nil to Wolves. So, you know, it wasn't wasn't filled with a lot of highlights. I thought a couple of standout plays as maybe Potence. I thought um, he looked really good. He obviously got the goal. Um, you know, had two shots, three chances created. So he was probably probably their best go forward. But when I say go forward, it was yeah. Like wasn't it wasn't pretty to watch and yeah, yeah, Southampton yeah. kind of you know had their moments every now and again but you know it wasn't like a dominating performance like we've seen in previous weeks from the likes of Ward Prowse um, and Armstrong so it's a bit of a nothing game for me I sort of didn't really you know yeah. like anything I saw out of this game I sort of might just touch on Mafias Nunes you know he got into a good position again and almost scored this week that's three weeks in a row where he's got into great positions but you know, hasn't got, you know, the goal, but he did get an assist this week. Um, is there anyone that you're sort of looking at from either of these no, sides, mate? Or is not it just... a, like, to be honest with you, not at all. <laughs> I think we can move <laughs> on. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, definitely. Um, we might, we've got a question uh, for Southampton there. So Steve has said an inside tip, Southampton rated Man City's youth team and signed Indozi and he's 5 million FPL and he's a gun. He played 16 minutes at the weekend but goals will come when he plays. Um, yeah, I've actually heard that. They they rate him highly. I'm, I still don't know why um, Man City yeah, let him go. But um, I remember, I think they did a preseason tour here two years back um, and he got some game time and he actually looked really good. But, you know, probably going to wait and see uh, what the minutes are going to be like because they do have a Rebo, so that plays um, in a similar role. So I'm just not sure how consistent his minutes will be, but... But if the minutes you know, get there, that, that would be because I, I think he's a forward, right? I don't think he's a midfielder yeah. in the game. I think so. he can play forward and sort of in that anywhere across the attacking midfield. No, but I mean in the like his classification in, in FPL. Oh, yep, yep. He's a forward, yeah. So like a cheap budget forward that's actually playing could could be very useful. Could be the the oh. bro brozier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, well, we might get into our next fixture, which was Aston Villa and uh, Man City. Um, this is interesting. I didn't think that Villa would um, make this that difficult for Man City, but they kind of um, made it a bit of a, a harder day out than a lot of people expected. I sort of thought, you know, KDB was probably unlucky not to, you know, get a million points. He just looked involved in everything. Um, I sort of thought City on the um, in attack, you know, Harlan got the points, but... I thought KDB was more central in attack. What did you think? Did you think that KDB was probably the standout in attack for? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, look, like we said, he, you know, and I feel like this is kind of tricky as well. Like that, 
players that are in real football terms, better players and look more involved. Like we're gravitated towards them, but sometimes they're not the better FPL assets. Um, And I I think that's the case with KDB and with Holland. Um, Even though I think KDB is a great asset in in, in his own right. And I definitely like if there is a second city asset or third city assets that I want after Cancelo and Holland, it is KDB. Um, So I think I'll be getting both. I think with the fixtures and their form, they just look like the best team by, by far, right, in, in the league right now. And I think this Aston Villa thing is purely Pep just doing Steve, Stevie G a favor, not getting him fired after they let them win the league <laughs> at the end of last year, man. There's no other explanation, you know. <laughs> Otherwise, Aston Villa should be losing this game 7-0, Holland hat-trick, good thing in getting it on the action. But, yeah, that's why that's the only way I could I, I could justify that, man. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely it was um, – I kind of picked that this was the game that he was going to get fired because I could just, I pictured yeah. City just putting five goals past him. But, you know, they did have a lot of chances and, um, you know, came close a few times. But definitely for uh, Villa, you know, the they almost punished City well. a few times on the counter as well. They should have won. They should have won the game. That Coutinho yeah. goal should have stood, right? Like, that, that, I don't that understand. Yeah. <laughs> That was stupid, man. That could that wasn't offside. Like that just simply wasn't offside. Like surely in a, that circumstance, you can't definitely say that that was offside. And yeah, no. common sense needs to prevail. And yeah. yeah, I don't know. There's been a couple of times last season where the same thing happened. Like this year, they've been a little bit better with it. But yeah, just one of those times where I just thought that yeah. I just couldn't see how it wasn't given. Yeah. No, I mean, this one, I think, was on the linesman, right? Because yeah. he blew the whistle, so then Man City players kind of stopped playing after Coutinho shot, so then even once it was confirmed onside, they couldn't give the goal because the referee had blown the whistle. I so, mean, I don't think the one, keeper yeah. was saving that shot anyway. No, it, no way. Like, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, do you, like, look at Watkins as an option? Because he looked really good this game, especially uh, on the counter-attack. You know, he broke yeah. forward, got into some good positions. He was and... their best player, in my opinion. I think yeah. he was Villa's best player, easily. Yeah, because I, I think have... what the f- fixtures yeah, do no, turn ahead. in a couple of weeks. I think that they've got a nice little run of about four or five fixtures coming up. I think already now, they're... I'm just going to have a quick look right now, but I think already now the fixtures are good. Yeah, so they have Leicester this week, which is fine. Oh. Leicester, <laughs> Southampton, Leeds... Forest, yeah, Chelsea in eleven, but then Fulham, Brentford. So that's amazing fixtures. Um, yeah, for me, they're just too much of a mess, man. Like Ivan, Tony, Mitrovic, Isaac. You know, like I feel like they're the teams kind of know what they're doing and they're playing well, and the strikers' roles are defined. Like Watkins, one week is playing as a central striker, otherwise he's playing on the wing with Ings in the middle, or they're playing in a two of top. So every week he's I've been asked to do something different, and I do like the quality of the player and the fixtures are good, but. There's just too much uncertainty in that Villa team for me to go anywhere. Um, maybe after he uh, Steven Stevie G is fired, and you know we know the formation that they're playing, and Watkins looks good. I think that's fine, but at the moment I'd avoid. But yeah, shortlist though. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, we might get it. Speaking of uh, Leicester, we might get onto the next fixture, which was Brighton and Leicester. Um, Leicester started great um, for three minutes. Um, yeah. You know, it looked <laughs> like they turned <laughs> turned a new leaf, but. Um, just they're just horrible defensively they just oh, look like weird. no one knows what's going on and you know i know fafana left to chelsea but i don't think like you know center pairing of like rudiger and um pk would have fixed that 
back one. No, no, exactly. Yeah, I was I was on my way home from somewhere on time. Yeah, I was playing football myself, and I was coming back, and I just missed the first ten minutes of this game, and I was like, oh, it's fine. Probably not much has happened. And I turn on the TV, and it's two one. Um, yeah, Leicester, like it's their defense is so leaky, man. It's crazy. I think the only assets you can go there is Madison. Vardy to yep. me looks completely washed. Um, so I was happy that he tried something new with Ianacho and Daka. Um, they look good as a pairing. Um, and I think Ianacho should be playing more on that team. Um, yeah, Vardy, he Mad- really Madison, good last like year. yeah, he looked he always looks good, but I think with him, he looks better in when they play two strikers, and then I don't know why he doesn't do that with Vardy and Ianacho, but it's one of them things. I think Madison is the only one I'd go there. Um, and the Brighton guys we kind of spoke about earlier with with yeah. um, McAllister and the other mids. Besides them, people are going to their defense. I haven't been tempted. Um, I think Pope's a better buy than Sanchez, and when it comes to their defenders, the their left-back, Purvis, I won't say his last name. I don't know what it is, really. But he doesn't seem nailed, and like I said about center backs, like probably not buying Lewis Dunk. So I think Trossard or Gross are the only two options I'd consider from Brighton. Yeah, I think I was listening to a pod today talking about Trossard, where it looks like he's less um, less likely to get rotated now because he is playing sort of that fullback role, and then when they bring on a fullback, they push him up top. So. Yeah. You know, instead of last year where he, you know, if he was playing, they'd bring him off after 50, 60 minutes and, you know, he wasn't playing any other position other than sort of that attacking 10 role. Yeah, yeah. No, he looks was... nailed and he looks very good. So, yeah, he no, looks he, looks really... he looks on it. He looks completely on it, man. He's almost uh, getting more chances playing as a wing back than he does when he's playing yeah. as a 10. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And it, just, it really suits him well. That, that role really suits him well. Um, I think he's been their most impressive player for me, for sure. No, he's looked really good. Um, just touch on the goalkeepers you spoke about, Sanchez. Um, discussing goalkeepers and picks for this year. I think I've spoken in the last few weeks. Um, a lot of people were sort of jumping on Sanchez and Henderson, but you know, I thought Raya, out of the four point five keepers, probably has the most upside of save points because I think there's only there hasn't been a week this this season yet where he hasn't um, received save points, and then also when they don't concede too many goals. He's in amongst the bonus as well. Whereas I think Sanchez probably has higher clean sheet upside, but I don't think he gets the save points that you know other players get. So it's it's a weird one. What are your what are your thoughts on that, mate? The goalkeeper situation on those four point fives. The four point fives are, are difficult. I think now Sanchez and those guys are more expensive as well, right? Um, I think if I had to go for a four point five, I'm looking on wildcard actually. I'd probably go Guaita. Um, yeah, for Palace, or but more likely, I'm finding the point five somewhere and getting Pope. Um, yeah, no, Pope looked amazing, he's, and he's such a good goalkeeper, and they're in, in a better team, and it still looks like you know, the my one worry with Pope was, oh, is he only looking good in Burnley because they're conceding a lot of shots and nobody scores goals, so he also, you know, he's it's easy for him to get bonus, <laughs> but he's doing both of those things, all of those things in Newcastle, playing on a much better team that is that's going to keep more clean sheets, so. Yes. Yeah. 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 No, definitely. I think that that's a an option I'm looking at is using a bit of the money in the bank there to go up from Raya to uh, Pope, and you know you get the the upside of the save points, the bonus, and the clean sheets. Everything. So. Yeah. Everything. Exactly. Well, we might get into the last game of the round, which is Manchester United getting a nice win against Arsenal. Yeah. I um I picked the upset. I sort of thought Man United. 
hopefully we're going to back up you know their performance against Liverpool and they they look a lot better the last three weeks um I sort of thought Rashford looked amazing up top he just looks like 1921 Rashford that you know looks like he could bang in 14 goals this season and you know a nice little uh debut from Anthony as well you know he he had a couple of nice little parts of the game, but he didn't really overdo it too much. He um he actually worked really well in defense. He got back and, you know, dispossessed a few times and yeah. you know, he I knew what he was doing immediately, right? And yeah. I, I guess you will playing with the same coach, but well, he fit in like a glove. He kind of um re- the vibes of it gave me um the same vibes when Ronaldo debuted against Bolton. He didn't have a, a dominating performance like Ronaldo did that day, but just after a couple of those, um, he did a couple of skill moves and, you know, did some good plays that every time the ball come to him, the whole crowd was just going crazy. And, yeah. you know, I think he's going to be a really good player. You know, a lot was made about how much he paid for him, but, you know, I think he's going to be a really good player. Yeah. I think he'll, he'll do well in that front three. And United look good. Admittedly, their defense is a lot more solid than I thought. And to be fair, I think I did. I do think Arsenal played really well in that game, you know. And yeah, United, I, I United really took their moments. So, but if I think Arsenal dominated maybe two thirds of that game, but United, you know, in that 20 25 minutes when they played well, they played really well and were clinical with their chances. Um, no, nah, definitely. I sort of thought um, a lot of people are looking to get off Jesus, but. So many chance uh, times it made me nervous watching him run at our defender, yeah. especially when uh, Harry Maguire come on in that second half and I had Jesus <laughs> running at him. I was just like, yeah. did not look good. But I thought he was a little bit unlucky because uh, I think it might have been Martinez that was getting that foot in and poking the ball loose at the crucial times when you know he'd beat two players and then he would go to sort of unload for a shot yeah. or make a key pass to you know a sacker who was making good runs into the box, but. You know, they were just getting in the road and poking the ball uh, ball three. So I kind of thought that, you know, this, he didn't get the return, but I, I still think that, you know, easily could, you know, massive haul this week. And I thought that he probably deserved a goal against United. No, definitely. And he looks – I think that's one of the players I was most wrong about in the in the preseason. And I thought, you know, Arteta's buying this player to play as a number nine who Pep – and they're playing a similar system and Pep said this guy can't – isn't the number nine, so he's playing on the wing for Pep. And like for me, it didn't make sense. And like at City, when I saw him, he looked good, but he's also very wasteful. But he just looks like a beast, man, in that Arsenal team. And the way he's like taking on defenders, even without the ball, just very physical for his size and just doing all the things you'd want to see from like a modern day number nine. Um, so for me, he's a definite keep against Everton this week. After that, I, I do think there's arguments to sell with the other cheap uh, strikers that we spoke about and their fixture runs. So yeah. you could move off it. I, I, I can justify that, um, but not this week. I think this week's a, I'd give him one more week for sure. I think it's going to come down to Martinelli because if Martinelli keeps up, you know, how he's yeah. going at the moment, you can easily maybe make that move away from Jesus and keep Martinelli because you're still going to get, you know, that attacking upside. But I think if like Martinelli fell off a cliff and started getting rotated, it might make the decision a little bit harder. Yeah, but, uh, but I, I, don't I, know. I think Martinelli's place is safe. Yeah, and, and and I do agree with you. I think, especially in the tough fixtures, you probably don't want double attack, right? It, it makes it a lot easier to stomach. You just have Martinelli against City and Liverpool. You can bench him, and in the easier games, I think Leeds is sandwiched in between those two matches, so you can play yeah. one in Leeds. Um, no, I think that's completely fair. Yeah. 
No, definitely. I might just touch on um, Ericsson. I sort of thought he's been a revelation and, you know, a lot of Brentford fans are filthy when he left. But, you know, this game he got – he yeah. sort of – at times he sort of drifted up forward and played almost like a, you know, a, a number 10 because um, he did play deep for most of the game. But he managed to get, you know, three chances created and got an assist for, you know, Rashford's second goal. So, you know, I think at his price point he's one maybe to look at as well. Um if you know the fixtures are kind, you you want to double up Man United. I don't think a lot of people will double up on Man United, but you know I like I've liked the look at Ericsson. I thought he's looked really creative, and you know if Anthony and Rashford you know keep up you know this form, I think he's he could be a nice little differential. Interesting, yeah. For me, he hadn't crossed my mind. I was just because I was looking at Rashford at the same price, and Ericsson to me has played a bit more like next to McTominay this this season, yeah. so. It hadn't crossed my mind, but yeah, if people want to double up, it's it's not a bad price. It's, oh, but yeah, no, I definitely, I think Rashford's sort of that number one asset, especially at his price, and you know, playing as a striker, you know, yeah. there's there's a lot of um upside there. Now we've got a question just coming then. So I'm thinking about getting Bruno to my game week eight wildcard against the Leeds, and then change him to Sterling after they've played Liverpool. I'm thinking um, of the exact same thing, to be honest. That, that's actually <laughs> yeah, see, yeah. <laughs> that's something that could pay off massively as well. Because we have spoken about Sterling that you know has high upside and he's not that expensive now with the discount you know on previous seasons. So yeah, yeah, I don't mind that actually. Yeah, no, you're. I'm looking, at exact, yeah, I'm looking at the exact same thing. I'm on a game week eight wild card, and I'm very likely going to do that too. And Bruno always does. Like I hate saying this because. To me, it's more coincidence than anything. Oh, this player does well against this team, but Bruno does really well against Leeds. <laughs> <laughs> he does, yeah. I remember, um, what was it, the start of last season when they, they won, what was it, 5-2? Yeah, it was that high-trick yeah. game week one, yeah. <laughs> uh, we got another question. Uh, hey, lads, is it madness to punt Salah for Tro- Trossard or Rashford this week, thinking of wildcard game week nine with the change of fixtures? Um. This week, I'm, yes, it is mad. I think. Yeah. Effort, honestly, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm a bit of a uh, a seller trooper at the moment. You know, I might end up with egg on my face again this week, but <laughs> I just think that the opportunities are there for seller. That just as a whole, Liverpool have been poor and just you know not playing good. But if they sharpen up even just a little bit this week, you know, Salah is coming back, right? So yeah, that, that should happen. Um, no, I, would, I wouldn't sell Salah this week. Man. Next week against Chelsea, I can see it. Um, yeah. But this week, I, I think he's. I'm probably going to captain him this week, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, I've, I've already got the captaincy on him. I think it's going to stay. I am um, going to stay true. You know, I think one thing I've learned this year is um, just be patient because there's a couple of times where I've gotten a player out or I've moved a captaincy option off someone and that person has gone really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Well, that um, wraps up our game. So we might just get into the next segment, which, you know, is one of um, my favorite segments we do on this show, which is a shit the bed segment. So this week I'm probably I'm probably going to go with uh, Liverpool's attack. Um, just they just misplacing passes all the time. It's just so painful to watch. And, you know, a game where, you know, there's a lot of emotion on the line of the Derby, but I, I still think they should have done a lot better against Everton in yeah. a team that, you know, still isn't great this season. They've looked a lot better, but just, yeah, a team like uh, Liverpool should be really putting, you know, putting a few goals away in a game like that. 
No, I agree. Who's your agree. shit the bed candidate this week, mate? Hey, for me, it's similar. It's, uh, it's the whole Mad City team. It's the whole Mad City team. You know, you take the <laughs> risk, man. You you take out Luis Diaz, who's nailed, and you punt on Gundogan. And already last week, they, he doesn't do anything. And this week, you know, Holland, everybody has him captain, so his gold didn't mean anything. And then Gundogan and Cancelo. First of all, I have to suffer through that Liverpool-Everton game with Luis Diaz looking so lively. It's almost scored with that one off the post. Uh, okay, got away with one. Luis Diaz blank. Let's see what Gundogan could do. Let's see if he even starts, right? Starts, name on the team sheet. Plays, I think he played the whole game. Played 90 minutes. Uh, ends up with a blank. And it's like, Cancelo as well, not even, nothing. And it's like, oh, fucking hell. So, <laughs> disappointed by my Mad City punts, man. <laughs> I, I'm in the same boat. I'm like, even in my Champions League, I'm thinking about going with Mares, but I'm kind of like, do I really want to be let down in both formats of the game or whether yeah. I just leave it with FPL? <laughs> Yeah, exactly, man. Well, we might get into a differential pick this week. So I'm going to go with uh, Gibbs White. I think he's a decent option this week. I, I think he might be about 0.2% owned. So nice. I think, uh, you know, has enough upside this week where I think, you know, he can double up and get another attacking return. What about you, yeah. mate? Who are you looking at? For me, I was looking at it. And I also, as maybe a bit more so in relation to my own team, because I'm looking for a one-week punts before the wild card. And I think I'm going to go for Chilwell, man. We spoke about it. Spoke about him earlier. He's like six six percent owned or eight percent owned, and I think he's going to play uh, on the weekend. And when he does, his attacking potential is is crazy. So, yeah. No, I like it, mate. I think um, there's a couple of, I guess, plays that I'm looking at, but I'm not sort of going to commit to sort of, I guess, bring them up on a podcast yet till I see a bit more. <laughs> well that um what are your plans this week so i've i've mentioned earlier sort of this week i've just done the one uh transfer which is taking out sancho and bringing in rashford and at the moment i've got the captain's on mate what are your moves my moves are like i said it's a one-week punt i'm deciding between cucurella to chillwell or i can get rid of um gundigan and bring in either Madison against Villa for a week or Sinistera against Forrest, I think, for a week. Um, and then Captain C will be Salah as well. Or it's no, on him like now. It, mate, let's, see, let's, see if it, let's see if it changes. <laughs> it's a long week. <laughs> no, you, can't change, you can't change it, mate. It's on the podcast, so it's official now. So. <laughs> Recorded. <laughs> <laughs> well that wraps up our pod for this week um for all our stuff head over and uh check us out on twitter so our handle's just below there um we're also got our link tree up as well that has all the links to our socials has the links to our podcast um i'll upload this uh in audio format tonight and it will be on podbean spotify itunes pretty much everything under the sun um and also sam i'd like to thank you for coming on mate um, I appreciate it, man. last minute but um being a the the legend you are um, you said, yeah, you're happy to come on. So head over and follow him at his Twitter. You know, he has awesome FL knowledge and he's also a top fella on top of that. has a great banter and I love it. Appreciate that, man. Thank you. Thank you for those kind words and thank you for having me. This is my first podcast and enjoy talking FPL. Yeah. Mate, you're a natural. You might have to come on a couple more times this year, mate. Oh, mate. I'm always keyed. I'm always keyed. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe uh, well, after a better game week, though. <laughs> mate um or you should only aim to beat me every week so if you're coming on the pod and you've had a better week than me mate that's all you need fair enough fair enough <laughs> <laughs> well good luck everyone and um hopefully this week uh, we get a you know a few a few more 
I guess, um, better better luck in some of the games and uh, some plays get some decent returns and we see the high scores back again. But I'll see you later in the week. We'll possibly be doing a watch along this weekend for the early games. So stay tuned on my channel and um, my Twitter and um, we should have the links up there. But, yeah, good luck this week and I'll see you next week. Good luck, everybody.